0: When we say that John is book smart but not street smart, what we are describing unknowingly to us is a variation of the ludic fallacy. Hello, welcome to Busy Minds Podcast where we explore ideas, discuss the human experience, talk practical lessons and make amazing discoveries. In today's episode, I will be talking about something called the Ludic Fallacy. Um, what is the Ludic Fallacy? Let me open with this statement that reality is not a game. Reality is not a game. that's um, Whatever you think a game is, that's not what reality is. Games have rules, uh, they are organized, they have specified moves. They have restrictions most importantly they have finite outcomes that is they are not infinite the outcomes in games are not infinite no matter how um dynamic the game is it has a finite number of outcomes There's things that can eventually happen when the game ends so it be the game of football basketball chess monopoly what what have you games have definite finite outcomes that is it might be out the the outcomes might be multiple they might be a lot they might be up to a thousand but they are at least they are finite they are if we give our time to it we can count the number of outcomes but that's not how life is Um, reality is not the same way as games reality does not have this finite set of outcomes where you can just count the possible number of outcomes in every situation in the whole wild world and have it you know just account for it no it is infinite it is not finite so in games you know what to expect and what you should ignore you are for instance when you are playing chess you know a pawn should only move forward and capture another piece diagonally so you can simply ignore by the reason of the game having rules and restrictions that you don't expect the pawn or the person playing to take the pawn backward even if he does you can just you know say well you can't do that and the game can proceed accordingly so games have rules uh, you know what to expect and you know what to ignore uh you don't have to in a in case where it's you against an opponent you don't have to worry what your opponent will do will make a surprise move that is not already in the rules you know of course like i said using the uh, chess example if they want to move their rook anyhow you can just call them to order and say hey 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 you can't just make that move so games are games are neat they are set they are restricted uh reality is not organized and that's why i opened with reality is not a game so reality is not as organized as a game reality is rough reality is dynamic reality is um has the random it has a randomness property that is you don't know what to expect and that's reality as against a game so let's take another example apart from chess so you have a a fight competition let's say um a karate competition if you've watched karate kid both the old one and the new one you know they had a competition and in a fight competition like karate you know what to expect especially because it is organized so even if it's UFC or WWE you kind of know what to expect because there are rules in martial arts competition there are rules that you cannot kick below the belt there are some rules I mean there are some moves that are not allowed so you can simply ignore knowing that your opponent is not going to make that move else he gets disqualified um fine that that's great for a fight competition a martial arts competition but now let's transfer let's see if we can transfer some of the properties of the martial arts competition to a street fight in a street fight there are no rules there are no referees there are no judges there are no one counting points um it's not organized in fact you didn't you probably didn't even plan about the street fight something something happened and the brawl broke out so there are no rules in, in in a street brawl in a street fight and that means there are surprises so while both of them are you know fighting one is organized the other is not one is neat the other is not so, if you are in a martial arts competition, you expect that well, my opponent is not supposed to have a knife, so you just go in with all your punch and knees and kicks. But in a street fight, you can choose to go in with all your punches and knives. I mean, uh, and kicks and knees, and then your opponent pulls a knife or even worse, a gun. Damn, that's misuse. So you don't go into a street fight expecting that your opponent won't hit below the belt or won't pull a surprise. The surprise factor, the randomness factor is included in the street fight. Now what is the ludic fallacy? The ludic fallacy is the misuse of games to model real-life situations. The use or misuse of games to model real-life situations. So with our example of the martial arts and street fights, uh imagine you going into a street fight with a martial arts mindset that the rules are neat nobody kicks below the belt and nobody is going to pull a knife well i'm sorry for you i don't know what your outcome will be but let god help you so the adjective ludic comes from the latin noun ludus which means play or game or sports or pastimes play sports games or pastimes it's ludic is from ludos greek from the sorry from the latin noun ludus which means to play or game or sports or pastimes the ludic fallacy is present or prevalent in instances where you address real life situations with the expectations of neatness and crispness of games you know crispness for something to be crisp and neat <clears throat> this is life and you can meet someone you never planned to meet today that's the nature of life of course that means it is possible that what you know and expect the person to live by is not what the person knows and what the person lives by it's a possibility so the ludic fallacy is you going into the rough random world with a neat crisp model mindset now let's go back to the opening sentence that says john is book smart but not street smart okay we know most of our classmates or some of our classmates who are the book smart ones but we're not exactly socially adept i think call them nerds or something uh, they, were, they, were, they were not exactly socially developed. Their social interaction was not as good, was not as impressive. But give them papers, give them exams, and they will come out with A's and good grades. And please, this is not me dismissing what they are. But I'm just trying to make a mm, a difference here, a distinction. So when we say someone is book smart, but not street smart, we are saying give this person a nice academic setting With the books to read and the guidelines on how to write an exam we expect the person to ace the test but plunge the person into real life situations where even though you still need them to apply their intellect they are stunned they are um useless they are they don't know what to do they are inept they are not very capable of handling what is happening out there so that's a classic example of the ludic fallacy so imagine you have a martial arts gold medalist let's say a taekwondo um gold medalist at the olympics he won he has a gold medal definitely he's a master at taekwondo probably has a black belt and then he goes into a street fight and the person who let's say the street fight is someone who wants to mug him that's collect his wallet his watch his phone hey you there give me your phone Uh, and he says you know who i am I have a black belt in Taekwondo. Move or you'll be moved. And while he's making all his power horse stances, his mugger just, you know, pulls a knife and just plunges it into his stomach, you know, like Julius Caesar, a two brute. Yes. And the martial arts the martial arts master, Taekwondo master goes, Oh, that's not fair. Well, who said it's not fair? Of course, morally speaking, we know it's not fair. But then there are no rules yes does not mean it's not a crime it's a crime still there are no rules and we're not we're not facing we're not looking at the legal or the civil aspect here we're talking about things just happening in the world you can hardly control what happens or what someone else does we can make them face the consequence of their actions we cannot exactly stop their actions unless we preempt them and the ludic fallacy i'm here to tell you about the ludic fallacy because you cannot always preempt people's actions and because you cannot always preempt people's actions you have to take care in how you move along in life because like i said life is rough and random so um so we've used the classic example of john the book smart but not street smart guy and let's say evans the martial artist gold medalist taekwondo black belt master example now another example is with theorists people who theorize a lot Um, the ludic fallacy also affects ardent theorists who have one theory or another with which they map and predict reality uh i think off the top of my head i can think of some theorists especially idealists who um, go into the world thinking that people are supposed to be kind people are supposed to be nice people are uh, you know let's just do everything with love kumbaya and everything all human beings are equal Um, we should strive towards an utopian world utopian world you know they have this neat set of theories of how the world should be but at the point at this point in time the world is not operating like that so and they would never ever deviate from their theories they insist that their theories are right they insist that their ther- that their theories are correct and like some of them are really willing to kill for those theories you know and like i said one of the side effects to being of being an ardent theorist that is you are so stuck married clinging to your theories that you become blind to the ram or to the randomness of life remember that we are talking about ludic fallacy because we know that life is rough and random but when people choose to stick to their neat models of their neat game models they tend to be blind to, to the randomness that happen in life to the things that they cannot preempt to the things that they cannot predict to the things that they cannot even plan for um so it's it's dangerous for you to always go about life with this I'm, I'm not saying not, not have principles, of course. Principles are great, but principles are for yourself. And you don't expect everyone to meet up to your principles. But you should have a mindset where you can handle the variabilities and the randomness and the shocks and surprises in life. Life is random, it is filled with fluid, unpredictable events. Now, here is something you should note. Maybe the world would have been neat if we didn't have free moving free thinking beings and when i'm talking about free moving i'm also talking about animals uh imagine a snake jumps out of my back and bites my heel that should never happen and bites my heel now i could not preempt that a snake was there and that a snake did that um i remember years ago when i was in secondary school we used to go to a field to play and when when the field plane of course and we heard that a snake beat a guy of course he didn't go there expecting to see a snake so because we have free moving creatures we have actions or events that we cannot predict that we cannot preempt and because we also have free will free will beings that human beings with free will with their full consciousness you cannot also predict how the world will be so the presence of human beings with free will makes most of our theories moot at some point if you theorize that um or if you theorize and plan that with the way the economy is going i should be a rich man next year and someone or especially the government makes a move a move you were never prepared for that your plans your budgets did not prepare you for they make a move let's say by printing money causes inflation your salary which you have budgeted for a month or two gets caught the value gets caught by inflation of course you could not preempt that that's because the people who made the decision have free will they even if you gave them all the advice in the world they would not have taken it and because of that they've altered your plans because of these spikes of uh, surprises and randomness so to fall for the ludic fallacy is to mistake the map for the territory now the map for the territory or the map is not the territory mental model is used to tell people that um, it's used to show that we have theories which these theories are just meant to map out how things are and how things should be but then they are so theories that theories are simplified yes you should know that theories are simplified statements of fact but this does not mean that theories are 100 percent correct and this is because there are details to theories that do not surface in the theories unless you go deeper so to fall for the ludic fallacy is by chance to fall for to mistake the map for the territory you look at a map let's say a map of the united states of america shows you the topography shows you everything but i'm sure the map of the united states of america that you have may not be able to show you mr brown's house or even mr brown's uh, basement if you get what i mean so you will have to go to mr brown's house and go to mr brown's basement to know what is going in the basement you cannot tell what is happening in mr brown's basement from the map and map a map is static that is another point a map is static and human events and events in the real world are dynamic that means they keep moving they keep moving they keep moving Uh, is why also i don't believe that pictures tell the full story you know images don't tell the full story because images are static and real life events are dynamic an image can capture something right now and in the next minute the sequence of the events change that change the whole outcome forever to commit this fallacy is to overlay the need for the rough maps are great but they are not as intimate as having feet on the ground the emotional disadvantage of the ludic fallacy is to have your heart broken because your theories don't match reality but a more drastic disadvantage of the ludic fallacy is to have your whole world shattered like literally your account frozen your salary useless your job lost or because there was one um, random event that made that made everything collapse like a pack of cards so um this i want to use this time to also address the extremities of people falling for the ludic fallacy and especially when they are stubborn in face of the ludic fallacy um the there are extremes to falling for the ludic fallacy and i can think of a classic example of the extremity in this quote, that if theory conflicts with the facts, so much worse for the facts. Um I don't know who I, I don't know the exact person who made that statement, but I know it is popularly attributed to Johann Gottlieb Fichte, and he said again, if theory conflicts with the facts, so much worse for the facts. That is they have their simplified theory and then there's the dynamic fact of life. But when the dynamic fact of life um, nullifies their theory, they tell you no, that the, the dynamic fact of life is what is wrong and their theory is what is right and it is not a good way to go, it is not a good way to go ahead with life because when certain theorists see that their theories do not correlate with real life facts, they double down on those theories and instead tell you that reality is the one at fault. I hardly think reality is the one at fault. So and some theorists won't mind a little genocide to ensure that the crispness of their theories come to life and in this moment i'm I'm reminded about um joseph stalin uh you know of the soviet union then who of course he had a grand plan for how he wanted the soviet union to be technologically um technologically agriculturally economically he had a grand plan for how these things should be but because people had free will and by me, the measure of free will, they had, um, they could inject randomness into the whole events of life. Joseph Stalin's plan could not go as he wanted. So he started rounding people up, killing them, taking them out of the picture because he believed that his theory, his grand plan was so nice, so perfect that if he deleted a few people from living, if he deleted a few people from life, then his theories would come to life. Um, I don't think any of your theories were the human life so this is one of the extremities of the ludic fallacy you have a neat game model of how life or you want life to simulate after your after your theory and you don't mind taking people out just to ensure that your theory gets uh gets tangible yeah it's an extremity okay so um another example of the ludic fallacy is can it's not a perfect example i will always acknowledge that but it's a nice variation okay so myself i love having um discussions i'm one of those individuals who value logical discussions logical arguments debates neat debates where there are um, rules and systems of oppression you don't exceed your time you don't interrupt one another and stuff and stuff like that and we and it is i can't you know i can't point out a logical fallacies and say hey you just pulled a straw man. you could just did this you just did this hey what you said is a logical fallacy this is where you are wrong and this is where you are wrong though of course that is me operating within a neat set of two people who are enlightened in logical discussions and arguments and we know the rules we know that we're not supposed to pull a or make a logical fallacy or something like that but real life is not like that i there in real life very few people know or care about logical fallacies so it might get me frustrated especially when discussing with people that it is not going as i want because of course they are not it's not a neatly organized debate or discussion we are not we are not following the uh the classic debate setting or the classic debate organization where i can rebut you you rebut me and we uh refute you refute me and I say hey you are wrong there point it out and stuff and stuff like that so real life is not like that and i can tell you in real life narrative trumps logic a lot of times in fact every time 100 when persuading people when people are trying to persuade people the narratives work best Work better than logic. It's a fact, a sad one at that for me. And you've seen that marketing or advertisements don't appeal to logic but to narratives. Now, while we're still talking about pulling logical fallacies and uh, logical discussions and debates, you can, if you watch, um, let's say presidential debates, presidential debates, you find that there are a lot of ad hominems. A lot of ad hominems where they are attacking the man and mudding the waters attacking one another's intelligence attacking one another's character in a political debate and it works it works a lot of times it works a lot of times it works now that is to tell you that real life is not neat real life is not modeled after our neat insulated settings of doing things and having final outcomes so that is that about the ludic fallacy so um of course this is busy Mind's podcast where you are supposed to where we're supposed to explore ideas discuss the human experience talk practical lessons and make amazing discoveries now you have learned about the ludic fallacy what can you use it for or what's the application of the ludic fallacy um with all the class with all the examples i have made with all the instances i have shown you can see that you need the logic fallacy, especially if you're a scholar, uh, an intellectual, an academic, to know that uh, life, in a way, operates in domains. So a game is a domain where it has its own rules, has its own outcomes, and everything. And real life is a wider domain where there are hardly rules, there are um, hardly it's hardly organised, and it's very very prone to randomness. So. It is the me talking to you about the logic fallacy. Take it like it's a mental model that is supposed to help you adjust your mind to expecting and dealing with the randomness in life. If there's anything to take away, is that reality is not a game. Real life is rough and random. Real life is rough and plagued with randomness. So, by all means, adjust your mind to know away from all your domain dependence that you should prepare for randomness and know what to do now that is about that and by the way i will just mention something about um, a a piece i wrote the data test the data test is um hey i wrote the data test to assert something especially when um these days we live in an age of Abundant evidence. If you are taking any stand, any social stand, any moral stand, uh, yeah, especially so moral stands, especially in the political arena, and you want to make a case, you want to make an argument, you want to make a claim, you will need evidence. And everyone keeps pulling one data out, the other one poll, or the other. And I said the data test is. Simple and needed for this purpose, that the ubiquitousness or the ubiqu or the or the abundance of data almost renders the need for data uh, futile. What am I saying? I mean that when two people are discussing about one position or another, and every one of them or each one of them or one person keeps bringing, keeps citing one set of results, studies, data or another. You have to not just let them dump the data on you. You have to let them interpret it and give you an inference. You have to let them interpret it and give you an inference. It's something I see a lot. The discussion is going on and someone who in the spirit of facts over feelings wants to end the debate and be like i won i won yeah for the sake of saying my position is better produces a data set or an evidence or a study and say a study shows that study shows that now you can ask them or you should ask them these three words okay then don't let them dump the data on you, and assume that they have, you know, won you know, in quote. You have to ask them for an interpretation and an inference. A data set is useless without an interpretation and inference, and this is because data is so um, data, especially statistical data. Statistical data is so sophisticated. you need a proper interpretation a a lot of people or two people can look at the same data set and pull different inferences very possible so in a case where someone keeps throwing the data at you like darts and bullets you have to ask them these three words okay then what now okay then what is asking them to interpret the data and make an inference it's the data test so when next you're in a discussion especially discussion which has high moral importance you have to ask your co-debater for an inference and an interpretation or an interpretation and an inference it is imperative don't let them drop the data at your feet and walk away like a boss with an explosion behind them nah. let them face you with the interpretation and the inference thank you once again for joining me on busy minds podcast where we explore ideas discuss the human experience talk practical lessons and make amazing discoveries today we talked about the logic fallacy and a quick mention of the data test so if you have any comments if you have any objections you can drop them in the comment section uh, object to me tell me what you don't like and tell me what you think about these topics. Thank you very much for joining me on Busy Minds Podcast. See you.